Hey, uh, welcome everybody to Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. I am up in Miwok Village, where um, uh, at the church that I serve at, the teaching team gathered here over the last uh, day, and we have literally been looking at just tons of scriptures and praying together and fellowshipping together and looking at a big series we're going to do next year, a theology series. We're going to dig deep into the Word uh, in this great series coming up uh, next year at our church at Big Valley Grace. And so um, that's why uh, that's why if you're watching on Facebook right now, it looks real different. I'm actually in my room up here. And anyway, I'm glad you're with us. I know a lot of you are watching live right now. I also know that some of you will watch this on Facebook at some other time in the future. And I also know that there's quite a few of you that uh, uh, listen to the podcast. I wasn't able to broadcast last week, so there was no podcast. There was no broadcast. There wasn't anything because I was at a 60-plus-year-old uh, baseball tournament in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, it was uh, hard balls and wooden bats. It was really just an incredible time, and but I wasn't able to broadcast last week. So I'm glad to be with you today. And um, the last couple of weeks, um, I've been talking about like how do you find a, a great guy? I mean, you're a single gal out there, and you want to be married at some point, right? And uh, maybe you've been through a divorce or two. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I want to make a wise choice. And that's where it always begins, is making a wise choice. And so I've been talking about things, just characteristics uh, of a godly man. And by the way, these also translate into characteristics that you want to look uh, look for if you're a guy, single guy, and uh, you're looking for a great gal. I've had a whole bunch of high school students and a few junior high students that have been watching this. And I think that's fantastic. They're, you're learning. If you're watching this or listening to it right now, you're really learning some things that'll help you, um, I don't know, it'll help you in the future. When that day comes, when you go, man, I want to get married. I'd like to build a life with somebody else or whatever. These are things you can look for in, in, in making a, a, you know, having a wife or a husband or whatever. And it starts with making a wise choice. If you don't make a wise choice, then the second piece of it, treating them kindly, doesn't matter. So it all begins with making a wise choice. And today, I'm going to start by reading just a couple of scriptures, okay, before I give you a couple of thoughts here. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, it says this, and some of you are going to go, what does that have to do with marriage? You, you'll see, okay? I'm laying a foundation for, for you. In Deuteronomy 22, in verse 9, it says, you shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed, lest, lest the whole yield be forfeited, the crop that you have sown and the yield of the vineyard. And then in verse 10, it says, You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. In other words, you don't want to put an ox and a donkey in the same yoke. Now, why does God tell us, hey, look, if, when you're going to plant seeds, don't plant two different kinds of seeds. Well, imagine if you planted corn and at the same time you planted strawberries. 
Well, that would be weird. They both may grow, but you, you've got a mess on your hands when you go to, you know, pick it. I mean, God says, don't do that. You want to make sure that if you're going to plant corn, plant, plant corn. If you're going to plant, you know, strawberries, plant strawberries, but just don't do them together. And then he also says, don't, don't put two different kinds of animals together to plow the field. You're just going to have all kinds of trouble and, and problems. Okay. Now I'm going to jump to the new, the, 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 the new Testament. And we're going to look at second uh, Corinthians chapter six and verse 14 and see if these sound a little bit familiar. Uh, Paul says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belal? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? And so here we have Paul, he's going to take what is said in Deuteronomy, and he's going to take it to another level. He's saying, don't be unequally yoked with somebody. In other words, uh, how Deuteronomy put it was, don't put an ox and a and a donkey together. Don't don't don't, don't put them together because they're they're gonna they're they're, they're not going to work together very well. In fact, they're not going to work together at all. An ox and a donkey yoked together is is foolish. You don't want to do that. And here we have Paul saying, look it, if you're a Christian, don't yoke yourself together with an unbeliever. You're going to have trouble. There's going to be problems. You don't have um, important things in common. You may have some things in common, but you don't have important things to co in common. And so one of the uh, the most important thing, pr probably the most important thing, in fact, I will say it, it, it is the most important thing when you're making a wise choice in who you want to marry is, is that person a believer? And if they're not a believer, there's no point in even dating them. None, zero, zilch. If you really want to get married someday and you're really looking to make a wise choice in a, in a man, and I'm talking to gals out there, but this goes either way. The first thing you need to find out is, are they a believer? And if they're not a believer, then you know what? Have coffee with them, enjoy your time, but then it's over with. Because God says, do not be unequally yoked together. And so this relationship is already starting out unequally yoked and God doesn't want you to do that it doesn't make any sense and let me give you a few practical reasons why you as a believer have a biblical worldview you see through the lens of the scripture the bible is God's will for your life well that's not true with an unbeliever and so as soon as you get together, as soon as you say, I do, here you have a biblical worldview. You see through see things through the lens of the scriptures, but your partner doesn't. Your partner doesn't want anything to do with the Bible. Your partner doesn't even believe it's, God, it's God's word. And let me just tell you, it really becomes practical, let's say, when you wake up on a Sunday morning and you want to go to church and your partner says, I don't want to go to church. In fact, I don't want you to go to church. 
In fact, Sunday, guess what? It's my only day off, and I want for a, I want to go somewhere. I want us to go to a, on a picnic. I want us to go up to, you know, to a park and hang out or whatever. And you're thinking, no, on Sunday, I, I want to go to church. Or you want to give to the church. You want to obey what the scripture says and bring your offering to the church. And your spouse, who doesn't believe, goes, wait a minute, hold on a second. You're not giving any of my money away. I don't want you to give your money away to, 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 the, to the church. Or there comes a moment when you have children and you want to take your children to church. You want to raise your child in the, in the things of the Lord. But guess what? Your, you know, your, your unbelieving partner says, what are you talking about? I don't want my kid going to church. I don't believe in that nonsense. And I don't want my, my child believing in that nonsense. And so all of a sudden you have all of these competing, you know, there, there, there's just this, this tension uh, that you have. You, you don't share the same values. You you may want to get into a small group and, and be with other believers and hang out with other believers. And guess what? <laughs> Your partner doesn't want to do that. Your partner maybe wants to hang out with people who have values that are way different than yours. And so there's a reason why God's word says, hey, listen, don't plant two kinds of seeds together. Don't put an ox and a, and, and a donkey together. And don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. You, don't, you just don't want to do that. That just doesn't make sense. You, you want to have a certain kind of social life. And your unbelieving partner wants to have a different kind of social life. And I know they may be good looking, they may, you know, have a lot of great, you know, qualities. Some of the qualities that we've looked at over the last few weeks. But the most important quality is that you both know Jesus as your Savior. You both believe that the scriptures are God's word. You, you, word. you both want to live out what the word of God says. You, you both have a biblical worldview. That's absolutely critical. Some of the things that I've looked at over the past couple of weeks oh, were, were this, is that, look, you don't want to have somebody who doesn't have a relationship with the Bible. That was the first thing I talked about, right? And, and an unbeliever has zero relationship with the Bible. But you want to have a mate who, who cares about the scriptures and wants to read the scriptures and wants to memorize the scriptures and wants to meditate on the scriptures. They want to live out the scriptures, the second thing I talked about three weeks ago was uh, they need to be a member of a church, and not just a member of the church, but they need to be somebody who serves in a church. And, and obviously, an unbeliever isn't a member of a church, and an unbeliever doesn't serve anymore. And so you got to make sure that you find somebody who is a member and who is serving. They need to have a job. You know, are they working? Uh, are they generous? Are they are they willing to help others, and especially are they willing to help the cause of Christ at the church? That they, they bring their tithes or offerings, if you will, to the church. They need to be somebody who's not in debt. They need to be somebody who knows how to manage their money, and they're not always using their credit card. And because look, here's the deal: once you get married, you take on their debt, and by the way, they take on your debt. And so you want to go, man, how have they hand, handled their money? And if they're in debt up to their eyeballs and they haven't handled their money very well. And, 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 and so that would be important. Then I, and then I talked about, do they have a forgiving heart? Are they, are they willing to forgive or do they hold on to grudges? You know, the Bible says that we've been forgiven much and we need to forgive others much. Then, then, then the second week I talked about the fact that, do they want to be a dad? 
you know, you're a gal and someday you look forward to being a mom. Well, in the dating process, they may be a believer. They may have a relationship with the Bible. They may be a member of a church. They may have a great job. They may be generous. They may not be in debt. They're a forgiving person, but they don't want to be a, a parent. That's something that doesn't interest them. But if it interests you, then you know what? You shouldn't do it. You should say, you know what? You're a great man. You're a great guy. I love being around you. But for me, it's important. I want to be a mother someday and you don't. And I want to make a wise choice in who I marry. And this just isn't a wise choice because I don't want to try to make you into something that, that you're not. And then, and then I had, uh, uh, you know, how do they treat their family, ladies? You got to be able to go and spend time and see how they treat, treat their mom, their dad, their sisters. And I realize some guys may not have family. I, I understand that. But those that do, do you know their family? Do they treat their family with great honor and great respect, all that kind of stuff? Their, their aunts, uncles, whoever they may, might be. And then I talked about the fact that you need to talk to their friends. Find out what kind of guy they are. Say, hey, I'm really interested in so-and-so, and I know you're one of their good friends. Tell me about them. Remember, you're trying to make a wise choice here. You're thinking about getting married. It's okay to ask these kinds of questions. Don't be afraid or embarrassed to ask these kinds of questions. And then I, and then I ended two weeks ago by just asking, do you see the fruit of the Spirit in their life? Do you see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness? Not that they're going to live it out perfectly, but overall, do you see their life as a beautiful uh, fruit tree? And then uh, I might add to that um, this before we kind of wrap up today. Is, do, do they? Does this person know how to control their emotions? If they don't know how to control their emotions, if they don't have self-control as it relates to their emotions, you, you, it's over. Don't, 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 don't try to change them or whatever. That's a sign. That's a sign that this is not a good match. Are they mature? Is this person a gentleman? Some more practical things that you can look at. But I want to come back to where I started. The most important thing is that they are a believer, that they know Christ as their Savior. Because that's the starting point. And if they're not, then forget about everything else. If they are, then you can begin to ask and watch and observe for the other things that we've talked about over the last three weeks. So, here's the deal. Because I, I, I got to get back to uh, uh, our, our retreat that we're in. I, I snuck out and we're having lunch right now, but I got to get back. I want, I want to challenge you. Listen, making a wise decision is where it all begins when you're thinking about getting married. You, married. you have to make a wise decision. And even then, I realize things can go haywire. I got it. But it begins with making a wise decision. Because if you don't make a wise decision, then it doesn't matter how you treat them. And we're going to talk about that next week. You, you choose wisely and then you treat kindly. You choose wisely and then you treat your... Your, your, your spouse the way you'd want to be treated. And I guarantee you, you choose wisely and you then treat them kindly. Wow. You'll probably have a marriage that'll last forever. But if you make a, a crummy choice, an unwise decision, then it doesn't matter how you treat them, right? So listen, everybody. Blessings. 
Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you hit share, hit like, get the podcast, give a review on the podcast. That really helps get the word out. And I appreciate all of you. And I'll see you here uh, next Wednesday. Okay. Blessings.